Hey, 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 hey there. It is back to school time. That is for spring 2024. I know many of you are back in the classroom or headed back to the classroom. And really what that means is that CTSO competition is headed into full speed ahead. All right. I know that because I'm actually going to be a judge this year um, for the district in which I used to teach in. And that's going to be happening in a couple of weeks. So I really look forward to judging, being on the opposite side of the coin this year um, as a judge. So anyhow, I know that I've been talking about DECA related to role play, DECA related to project presentation, DECA related to prepping your competition or your chapter for competition. So today I'm going to be talking about trip time. So um, gather your pen and paper and get ready to take a few notes. I'm going to try to go through this pretty quickly. I don't want to make it a long um, episode. So listen in, gather your notes and everything and stay to the end for the freebie that I have for this particular episode. All right, you ready? Let's go. You're listening to Marketing Adventure the hub for business, fashion, marketing, and other CTE educators who integrate marketing into the learning experience. I'm your host, Jackie Walker. Each week, I'll cover marketing education concepts, strategies, tips, trends, frameworks, and other information to equip you to connect your classroom to digital natives while cultivating an engaged learning environment. So come on into the room where your favorite beverage, snacks, and even your cell phone are all welcome. All right, let's hop right in here. So today I have for you a DECA advisor trip time guideline. And yes, it's labeled DECA, but this is an editable document that you can call whatever you want to call it. And you'll be able to add take away, whatever you want to do, make changes. But this is simply a guideline. Um, This is a guideline for when you get ready to go on a trip for competition. And I've come up with um, really just an outline of some of the things that I used to do uh, with my students. I know this is not going to be all encompassing for everyone. However, for that DECA advisor who this is your first time going to competition You may not have the guideline. You may not know everything that you need to do. Sure, maybe one of your DECA buddies said, um, you know, this is some of the things that we do. Um, Be sure you do this or that, but it may not be all encompassing. And then maybe you don't even have a DECA buddy. I mean, because sometimes as a new teacher, it can be a little bit lonely when you're doing a um, organization like DECA and you're the only person on your campus who is doing this. And, you know, unless you have connected with some teachers from other campuses during meetings, during conferences or what have you, then you just may not have the access to the things that are, you know, very key to help you be successful and cut down on the stress. Okay. So, I've put together this list of things that I would do when I was getting ready for competition. So I'm just going to go through this. It is 
um, in four sections, basically. So I have my before trip um, things that I would do. I would have things that I would do the week of the trip and then the day of the trip and then the day of returning home from the trip. So those are the four sections that I have. And then I have my silos, like I had my silos in the previous episode when I was talking about uh, teacher prep for competition. The silos are three. Um, one is district. That's the first level of competition. And then state and then national competition. All right. And then within each one of those silos, there are designated um, people. Uh, so there's five people in each silo. There's the teacher, the student, the parent, the administration, and the chaperone. And so just imagine those being vertical silos. And then the four sections are going across horizontally. And you're able to check off who is involved in each task within those sections so you would check it off in the silo. So anyway, let's get to it. You'll be able to see this when you actually um, request the document um, on the, in the description or in my show notes. So be sure to do that so that you can access this editable free document. Okay. All right. So let's get started. So the first section, as I said, is before the trip. Now, some of the things, and this is not all encompassing, like I said, but some key things that I did to prepare for the trip was number one, secure the funding. Make sure that the money is ready if it hasn't already been paid. Most of our competitions require payment prior to us even leaving for competition. Our deadlines usually hit right before competition time. But um, secure the funding. If, if if you didn't get it and send it in, make sure you have that check with you so that you can go to registration and turn it in once you get to the location. Also funding for the actual transportation, funding for food, funding for all the expenses that would be incurred while you're on the trip. All right. So that's number one, secure the bag. <laughs> all right. Number two within the before the trip is I always created a trip binder. Yes, a trip binder. Um, one of the things you may not know about me is that I create a binder for everything. <laughs> That's my organization key is that um, create a binder. Let me make a folder or what have you. I'm going to have something to contain the information. All right. So my trip binder was very um, all encompassing. It had a lot of things in it. And I'm thinking about actually putting um, a document together that has all of this information. But some of the things just to give you an idea would be my itinerary for the trip from the beginning to the end of the trip. I had an itinerary. I did keep all of the um, permission forms, field trip permission forms, because it had the student information on it, as well as the parent. Um, and then, you know, a, like your financials, student list, and a whole host of other things. I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but that's just an idea of some of the things that I created. I put in my trip binder. This allowed me to have a one-stop place to find anything pertinent information that I needed for this trip. I didn't have to go digging through my bag or anything like that. It was 
in the binder, anything that I needed. All right. Now, the third thing that I would create is an emergency bag. Um, I had a friend, I, well, I have a friend, she's a, a nurse practitioner. And um, I remember when uh, my son was going off to college and she created him an emergency bag that had like everything that he could need for first aid and more. And I was like, wow, that's such a great idea. So I decided that I'm going to have an emergency bag for my students because let me tell you, when you go to competition with a lot of girls, there's always something that's needed. Always. Okay. So that emergency bag includes, you know, band-aids, uh, ponytail holders, eye drops, lens solution, and a whole host of things. Just imagine all the things that you may pack yourself when you're going on a trip. Um, but that's what the emergency bag would have because um, inevitably somebody is going to go on the trip and not have contact solutions and their contact came out or it dried or whatever. They, just, they don't have anything to put their contacts in overnight. Trust me. So emergency bag is a must have. So I create that for my trips, even for the local trip. It may not be as big as not and all encompassing as when we go on an out of state or overnight trip or anything like that. But I still create an emergency bag. All right. And then the fourth thing before the trip, if we're doing our long distance trips, I create a snack tote. Uh, and it may be totes, okay, because um, the kids need to have some food. And I taught in a Title I school too. So a lot of times we had challenges with money or finances. You know, the students had challenges with finances. And so I didn't want if any kid to feel left out. Um, because they didn't have money to go and buy things at the, you know, uh, snacks and things while we were on our trip. Um, so I would create a snack tote and I would make it available to everyone. And sometimes I would create like a, a snack bag for every student. So I would hand those out and they can have them in their room. And so, you know, hey, just want to make sure everybody's taken care of. And the kids love it. I mean, they're like little kindergartners when you give them little snack bags. I mean, they want their snack bag of chips and candy or granola or what have you. They were excited about that. So um, those are the four things I did before the trip. Again, I secured the funds. I had created a trip folder. I had created an emergency bag and a snack tote. All right. And then all of those I would do for every level of um, competition, district, state and national, except for the snack totes. I didn't necessarily do anything for that because it's local. It's a day trip. It's not something that we're going to be doing overnight um, when we go to competition. I may have some, you know, I may bring them breakfast in the morning time, but not necessarily a snack bag. And um, when we get to competition, we have a... Um, they have food for them anyway, and then we're headed back home after competition. So no need for carrying a big old tote of snacks, okay? So moving on into the week of the trip. Now, there's a lot of chaos that tends to go with, you know, the week of the trip, depending on what day it falls on. Like, for instance, this, this particular competition that I'm going to be judging at, it's on a Wednesday. That's smack dead in the middle of the week, so... You know, you really have to have your things ready probably before that week. But anyway, the week of the trip, you want to um, have some things in order. So let's start with the substitute folder. Um, I know every district has their own 
guidelines behind creating, you know, a substitute um, folder or what have you. So I would like to, I mean, we, we were supposed to leave like a little red folder for the substitute, um, but that became too obvious for the students. So mm, I rarely left that little red folder. Uh, I did other things instead, um, but we also could attach um, the student assignments to the substitute request. So it's digital and they would have it, um, they could print it out before they came into the room. But I would either like leave a book and have the um, documents or, or folder with the book and explanations. But I also, because my students worked on their computers and had their um, either Google Classroom or with my dual credit students, they had their um, Blackboard, which is eCampus for the district that we were uh, in. Um, so I would upload their, their work to whatever system they were on, whether it was Google Classroom, whether it was eCampus, their work was uploaded. So there was no excuses as to why they didn't have it. Uh, but I also printed out a copy for the sub and left, you know, of the printed information and the related books or whatever for the sub all laid out on my desk. And I also sent an email with all of that information to my teaching buddy. I taught in a magnet school. Um, I was the marketing side of the fashion program. And then there was a design teacher who was the design side of the uh, fashion program. So that was my teaching buddy. And I made sure that she had an email and detailed information about what each class needed to do while I was gone. <laughs> and she was always good about going in and checking on my classroom to making sure that the sub was okay and that um, the students were doing what they needed to do. So that's great. So if you have a teaching buddy, hey, give them the information for the work that the students need to do so they can make sure that they're on task. And these are for the students, of course, that are, are going to be left behind who are not competing. All right. So, so far we've created a subfolder. We've uploaded our work to the um, LMS systems that the students use and we've sent an email to our teacher buddy. All right. And then you want to create a, uh, make sure you have a group created in some type of chat system or app, such as I used Remind. Um, that's what our school district used um, for communicating to the students. And so I would also, and because I had a lot of the parents that are already in the Remind as well. So I would set up a group in Remind that was for competition. And so I would add all the um, students who were in competition and I would add the parents and then I would have this group that I could communicate with throughout the time that we were on our trip. And so I love to keep um, include the parents in it. So, hey, the parents can feel confident with their students being away, especially when we we're traveling, um, you know, to state or traveling nationally. It helped the parents feel comfortable in knowing where their child was and what kind of um, communication we were, I was having with them. Um, so I would create a group. So we're, again, remind could be one. You can create um, a Google chat. I don't know if you can do that with Google classroom. I don't know. I never tried that one, but um, you can also do telephone 
I think it's Telegraph um, or GroupMe. Those are real popular ones. But I, th- with those, you're going to have to get the phone numbers and all that kind of information and get the students into those different apps and things like that. I never used any of those. I stuck with Remind because that's what we use as a district. It didn't require me getting phone numbers, emails, or anything like that. It All I had to do was just add the student to the group from my own classroom um, group. So that works really easily. And it's really easy to get parents signed up with it as well. So I once I have that group established, I send out the itinerary to the group so that the students, the parents, and the chaperone would have the itinerary of our trip from the moment that we leave the school to the moment we return back to the school. All right. And then next, um, I, for that week of the trip, I would send, um, I would give all of the students a letter for their teachers. Um, and since like with say what district, we would only be missing one day of class. And so our district was on a block schedule. And so that means that our students would be missing four of their classes. And so that would give them letters to take to each one of their teachers to get a signature from the teacher. The, the letter lets the teacher know that we're on we're, the, the student is going to be missing class because they're going to competition. And if, you know, if there's any work for them to make up, please allow them to do that or provide them with the work so they can do it for homework or what have you. And I would get the teacher to sign off on it and the student would bring it back and we would just file that away so that we have uh, documentation um, that the teacher knows that the student will not be in class and that the student knows what work is due uh, for the class accountability all the way around. All right. Um, and hopefully the student, I mean, the teacher would not count the student absent. That's the whole, that's one of the main things about it is just making sure the student, the teacher knows that the student would not be there and not count them absent. And then the second part is the student being accountable for their work. I would also email the staff. This is just, you know, that's the that's the one requirement that we are um, had to do for our district is to email or our campus. We had to email the staff to let um, so the teachers would be aware of students that weren't going to be in their class. But my letter to the teachers was my backup to the email. So I would send that email like at the beginning of the week um, so that the teachers had enough time to mark in their roster schedule or whatever um, that that student was not going to be in class. It gave them time to prep. And then it also helped because like, you know, with other organizations like football team sports and all that kind of stuff, it lets the teacher know, oh, if half of my class is not going to be here, then I may want to change what I'm doing for that day and wait to do something that may you know, be big and important, like a test or something like that, save it for another day. Cause you know, I don't want to have to give a test when I'm only going to have half the class, whereas I can just, you know, adjust it to a day when the class, everybody in the class is going to be there. So it's just accountability for um, the teacher being able to make adjustments based upon the um, students who are going to be away and not in attendance. So that email, like I said, would go out generally at the beginning of the week. And then I would also print the email and hand deliver it to the attendance office because it always happens that some student is counted absent 
because a teacher didn't pay attention to the email. A teacher didn't remember that they got that letter and the student was going to be absent or something. So when I hand deliver it to the attendance office, generally the attendance clerk will go in and mark the students on a trip. And I forgot how, I think ours was a letter S in the attendance book so that when the teachers pulled up the attendance to do the attendance, they were, the students were already marked as on a school field trip. Glory, hallelujah. I loved that because um, they couldn't change it. <laughs> so um, that is what I would do the week of the trip. Create a subfolder, upload the work to the LMS, email my teacher buddy, send an itinerary to the group um, chat, um, send a letter to the teachers, or just have the students take the letters to the teachers, email the staff, and hand deliver the student list to the attendance office. Okay. And I'm pretty sure there's some other things that could be done during that time, but these are just like some really key things, just like some housekeeping things that I took care of. All right. So let's talk about the departure day. This is the day. <laughs> All right. So um, we would meet up at our school and, and generally 99% uh, of the time, this is where we met for our trips, unless we were going um, out of state or um, on a two-state, two um, sometimes it just really depends. There was a one location that was pretty central because my school is a magnet school and students come from all over Dallas and even some, some, some suburban cities in Dallas to attend our school. And our school was located in East Dallas. And many times the highway that we needed to take to go on our trip was in the southern um, part of Dallas. And that's where a lot of the kids came from. Um, so that would be like a central place to meet pretty much for, because um, that part where we would meet at one of the um, district stadiums was right off of the highway that we needed to take to go out of town. And so sometimes we will meet at that spot as a central point, but wherever we would meet, um, we would have the students check in. Um, I would do an attendance check. So I have my little attendance roster and I'm checking people off as they are arriving and getting on the bus. Um, but before that, I also had a competition um, list of items that I would uh, need, like easels, um, binders, or, you know, uh, printed um, projects, um, you know, our competition boards or whatever, or supplies to repair a competition board or, or what have you. So I just made sure I have my list of items and I just had my checklist and I would check off those things to make sure that I personally was accountable for bringing those things, extra deca, deca jackets, what have you. And then, so once we were at our um, departure site, I would do the attendance and then um, have the kids to board the bus. And I would do the attendance, do a check again. Just got to make sure because you never know. Kids may get on, on and off the bus. But I would check for them again before the bus departed. Or if we were taking a flight because we're going out of um, state to international competition, um, I would, you know, do the head count at the airport and make sure everybody's accounted for once we get through 
um, our check-in, um, make sure kids, everybody's there and accounted for, and then we would board our flight. All right. And then, so we're happy on the bus, happy on the flight, heading to competition. And of course we arrive, have our time of arrival at the hotel. So once we're at the hotel, we're going to go through registration and um, get everyone checked in and accounted for, for their rooms and get them up and out to their rooms. And then it's time for me to go check in for um, competition. So this is registration. We have to go and do our registration check-in. And this is where we pay all of our monies if we haven't paid it yet for our registration. And we will pick up our packets, which had all the kids' um, badges, um, tags, lanyards, um, their programs, and, you know, their um, competition times and all of that good stuff. So I will pick up that those bags um, and then go back to the hotel and have a meeting with the students. And this is when we distribute all of the information that they need, their lanyards, their badges and everything. All right. So we have our uh, student advisor meeting. And then we would have, just depending on the timing of everything, and um, if our competition was local to where we, our school is in Dallas or Fort Worth, um, you know, then we may have a little bit more leeway time, a little bit more extra time in between meeting and then having a dinner with the students. Um, so they just may have a little free time in there. But as far as my itinerary is concerned, we would have the student meeting and then we have the student um, advisor student dinner. Um, and we would do that before going off to the opening ceremony because that was generally uh, a little later in the evening. And of course, we have curfew and the kids have to be back in their hotel rooms by a certain time. Um, so then we'd have... Um, so we have our open ceremony. Now, as I'm going through this, I haven't told you where all of this falls in the silo. So as I go back to just recap the day of the departure, um, I will tell you that the competition checklist of items, I would do that for every level of competition. And that involved me and the student because there were some items for the student that needed to be, um, we need to ensure that they had. All right. And then so the attendance check would just be me involved at every level of competition, uh, checking attendance and then boarding the bus. It would be I would say that it would involve me, the student and a chaperone, because I'm the one checking and I'm checking for the students and making sure that all my chaperones are there. And that's at every level of competition. And catching the flight, we normally didn't catch any flights unless we were going to national competition. Uh, when we had state competition, we used the bus because that was pretty accessible um, for us. I mean, I think the longest drive we've had is a six hour drive um, going down to Corpus Christi, I believe that is. But anyhow, so we only had... Um, we had the bus for either district and state. We never used a bus. Well, I can't say we never used a bus for nationals. 
Well, we never did use a bus for nationals because nationals have always been like in California and Florida and Atlanta and Utah. Um, It's going to be in Houston this year. So I think the kids will be catching a bus to Houston. (laughs) But anyhow, um, and like I said, we never take a flight unless it was national. But I do have on here that you could, um, you know, X off taking a flight for state or for nationals. All right. And then for the hotel arrival and check-in, we didn't have overnight for district. Our districts have, they used to be two days and we did have overnight stay, but now they're only one day. Um, So your district may have, you know, multiple days. And if so, you can put an X in that column as something that you need to account for. But for district, there was nothing that we needed to account for. And so arrival at the hotel was generally for state and for nationals. Um, District uh, registration check-in was for all levels and that would only involved me. So that's, I have an X under teacher for each one of those. And then for the advisor student meeting, of course, that involved the teacher, the student and the chaperones. And we had those for each level of competition. And then the advisor student dinner, we only had dinner for state and national because those were multiple days of competition. Um, So we didn't have an advisor student dinner for district. And then of course, opening ceremony is every level of competition and that involved the student, the teacher and the chaperones. All right, that concludes the section for day of departure. Now let's get into the day of return. I'm not covering if there's like more than two days of competition. I'm not covering those in-between days because there is so much going on on those in-between days. It, it would be hard to really put together a list of things um, to cover because it's just random. It's, it's so many things. Advisors are um, at their stations, working their duties. Students are running around during their competitions at various times on different days. It's just a lot going on. So I chose to just focus on the day of departure and day of return. So on the day of return from competition, our day looks like this. This is how my day looked. Your day may look similar or it may have more or less things. So we always started the day off um, getting ready to go to the award ceremony. So everyone is to be professional ready and meet in the lobby of the hotel with their luggage. Um, So we have our gather together really quickly and we either secure our luggage on the bus or in the concierge area if our bus has not arrived yet. So those are the two things. Those are the, that's the one thing that we do once we meet down in the lobby. We're going to secure the luggage and then we'll, I mean, by the time the students could have gotten themselves something to eat or we'll, they can get something to eat after we secure the luggage. Um, but the next major thing that we do is um, we head to, um, I do attendance, I'm sorry, I do attendance before the ceremony. So once everybody's luggage and everything is secured, I do attendance. And of course, the luggage and the check um, attendance before the ceremony is at the state and the national levels. Because again, we don't travel anywhere where we need luggage for district, um, although you may do that. All right. And so um, I'm going to be checking the the students. I'm going to be checking with the uh, chaperone for the luggage. 
and um, doing an attendance check for all um, the teacher and the student and the chaperone. All right. And then the next thing is to go to the award ceremony. And of course, we have award ceremony at every level of competition. And we have um, everyone has to be there, the student, the teacher and the chaperone. Okay. And then we do another attendance after the ceremony so we can make sure we have everyone before we depart. Um, So we will do an attendance check. We will have a spot to meet um, before we board the bus or head to the airport to catch our flight. Um, So we would do that at every level of competition. Of course, that involves the student, the teacher, and the chaperone as well. And then finally, I will send a message to the group um, stating our departure. And this is mainly for the parents. So they'll know that, hey, we're on the road. I usually tell my students anyway, text your parent, call your parent, let them know we are leaving and our expected arrival is at such and such time. And halfway through that time, I let them know to check in with your parents again, let them know we are X number of hours or minutes away. And um, I'll also send a message to the group. And that ends the section for the day of return home. That covers all of the activities that happen related to the trip um, that I do that I did do, and which I think would be a great guideline for you to use. Um, It at least sets the foundation for you. So you will be able to access this guideline by clicking on trip time guideline in the description or in my show notes. Oh my goodness. I thought I could do this in like 15 minutes. I'm telling you, I was talking fast and I felt like I was talking too fast, but apparently not because this has taken longer than 15 minutes. But I hope that you find this information to be very valuable. And talking about all of this kind of makes me miss the um, competition season. It really does. But I will live vicariously through all of you as you go out there and y'all conquer this competition season. And as I watch you post your things on Instagram, um, pictures and all, I look forward to seeing it all. And let me tell you, um, I know that I went through um, some things really fast and I had the things like the an emergency bag. If you want to know what was in my emergency bag, because let me tell you, it was pretty stuffed. And I usually had like two emergency bags. But if you want to know what's in that emergency bag, just DM me on Instagram. I'm at Marketing Adventure and DM me emergency bag. And I will send you a list of my emergency bag for sure. But don't miss the freebie with the um, the DECA Advisor Trip Time guidelines so that you can make sure you have your list and are able to check things off as you get prepared for your trips. Have a great season. Thanks for listening to Marketing Adventure. Remember to subscribe, rate, review, and share this episode with someone you think would benefit from the information shared here today. If you have any questions or want to connect with me, find me on Instagram at Marketing Adventure. 
All links and resources discussed in this episode can be found in the show notes at marketingadventure.com.